the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi and welcome to My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by the Vet and Pet resident vet, um, Dr. Glenn. Hello everybody. Now for a bit of a change, um, today we're going to have a chat about horses, well more in particular worming your horses. But first, first, before we start, just a little disclaimer. Um, please keep in mind that this is general information and it may or may not be relevant for your circumstances. And as always, if you are ever concerned about your pet's health or well-being, please contact your veterinarian. Uh, with that all aside, um, let's get down to business. So horses and worming horses. So just first for a little bit of background, I guess, um, just to let you know that we do know what we're talking about, I guess. Um, Glenn has actually had horses all his life and he's been a vet in mixed practices with horses, from horses to cattle to everything else as well as your small animals, for um, over 15 years. He's spent many years just focused on horses. So he sort of um, has seen most of it. Seen lots of the front and the back ends of horses, <laughs> yes, yes. that is true. Uh, he also still has many of collection at home. It's about 19, yes. There's a few there. A few of yep. all mixed breeds too. Yep. Yeah, court to... horses, paint horses, um, a warm blood, a warm blood cross thoroughbred, and Welsh pony and a little miniature horse. There you go. See, everything. And hmm. he's done everything with them. Ridden them, bred them. Yes. AI'd them. Yep. Yep. All the fun stuff. So... Um, and I've actually come from the thoroughbred sort of racing side of things. So um, we've, my family has been in horse training, horse breeding, foaling, um, spelling horses. So we've had a lot of contact with them from all ages, right from pulling them out at birth and seeing them race through their careers and then stay with us for retirees because we like to collect them. So <laughs> They're easy, easy to collect. Horses, they are yes. easy to collect. So, over the years, I guess between us, we've probably wormed a few thousand horses, I guess. Quite a few, yes. <laughs> um, so, we've seen many things and we have been asked many questions. And even at Vet and Pet Direct, we continue to get asked um, questions almost daily about various things with regards to worming your horses, um, what to use, how often, because uh, there's a lot of products out there that can be a little bit overwhelming and a bit confusing, I guess. Um, so we thought today that, well, I thought today that I'll put Glenn on the spot and ask him um, a few questions about worming and see how good he is at remembering all the details. Um, it is a fairly complicated field, it yes. Is. It is. It could be simple, but it's not. No. Yeah. It's, it, there is a lot to it. There's yeah. a lot of questions and there's a lot. I guess it's because there's a lot of products out there and it gets confusing. A lot of products, a lot of different places and circumstances that horses oh, live yes. in um, and lots of different parasites are involved and it, there's not one um, mode fits all, unfortunately, uh-huh. which would be really simple if it did, but that's not the case, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes it does get a bit complicated. So hopefully we can help you through God, that. Guide you along. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll start with um, the question of what worms are we actually worming our horse against? What okay. are the problems? Um, there's a number of parasites that cause troubles in horses. Um, some of them are 
um, they cause physical and structural problems within the horse's body, and sometimes it's more of a nutritional problem, essentially, like they're, they're um, stripping nutrients that the horses can't get to. Um, so we've got two different types of strong goals, um, large strong goals and small strong goals, and they cause problems as part of the life cycle. Um, different worms have got different life cycles. Some are quite simple, as in they just go in the mouth end and breed up in the gut and then come out the other end and, and the life cycle continues. Um, and some of them have got quite convoluted life cycles where they are still in from the pasture or from the environment um, through the horse's mouth and then they burrow through the gut wall and end up in the bloodstream and circulate through the body and then burrow through either the um, lungs or back through the intestine and end up back in the gut where they breed and get pooped out as eggs um, or worms that blow up in legs and the life cycle continues that way or bot flies See, it's just complicated. Yeah, it's all complicated. Um, bot flies that, that lay their eggs on your horse's hair and make their dirt. They're those little sticky eggs that you see. Little sticky white eggs hairs. on their yeah. on their legs primarily, yep. Um, and more so at um, different times of the year towards the end yep. of summer, etc. And they make the horse itchy, yep. so they chew that spot, so they ingest the eggs that way. And then mm. the little um, hairy-looking worms mm. burrow into the um, horse's gut stomach wall and have their life cycle there and then eggs get pooped out and starts again starts again yep hatch out become flies and um, i guess that's the thing it just continues doesn't it yeah it's a cycle yep. um and it's um dependent on the environmental conditions yep. at your place and your poop hygiene um to do with your horses um how easy or difficult it is for that life cycle to continue yeah yeah so we've got the strong goals. Got the strong goals being small. Um, bots. We've got bots. Um, we've got tapeworms, which may or may not cause a problem depending on where you live and what the age of your horse is. Yep. Um, we've got the ascarids, which are, are large roundworms that um, cause considerable problems, and also in young stock. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are nutrient suckers. You see little you know, pot-bellied foals and that sort yes. of thing. Um, and if they've got enough of them, they can physically cause an obstruction to the um, to the intestine, yep. um, whether that's uh, when you've wormed them or regardless of if you've wormed them or not, if you've got enough there, it can just block up the diameter essentially. Yeah, um, and the back to those um, those strong goals, they yeah burrow through the gut wall and cause damage to the lining of the gut wall. Um, so it causes um, the gut wall not to be able to um, work properly and efficiently so it can cause um, permanent damage that way and another part of the life cycle um, is um, insisted strong goals where they um, actually as part of the life cycle they lay dormant in the lining of the bowel and causes um, damage because of their they're sitting there waiting for um, the right time to hatch out basically yeah and when they go through the circulation and um, burrow through the lungs, um, that causes a cough sometimes and lung damage. Um, and if you've got enough of them at once, you're more prone to pneumonia and those sort of complications. So really complicated life cycles in some of those Paints worms. a really pretty picture, yeah, all there's these. just lots, lots of different <laughs> things that can go wrong, unfortunately, yeah. So, so yeah, and com- that's why there's so many products out there, isn't it? That's why there's so many products, and and why it's so complicated. And um, has my horse got worms? What signs? Is she- oh, and yes. f- sorry, nearly forgot about the little um, uh, pinworms, pinworms that, that yes. cause um, not so much metabolic and gut troubles, but cause irritation around the back end as part of their life cycle. They get they get pooped out. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, they they um, crawl out um, the horse's backside and um, cause so irritation. <laughs> yeah, irritation. And then if you've got a tree or a post that they've got access to, they've yeah. got. Um, uh, an itchy bottom and, and sometimes self-traumatising themselves and that sort of yep. thing, which isn't very cool either. No, 
Okay, so while we're on that, though, mm-hmm. what are the signs that we've got a wormy, wormy horse? Well, um, depending on hairy? depending on which parasite you've got involved. Yep. So, I mean, certainly, um, I mean, failure to thrive, um, as in mm. so the, the nutrient loss um, sort of things. My horse is eating enough, but it's not mm. you know, not thriving and, and looking unhealthy. You know, could be a symptom. Um, if you've got um, Parasites burrowing through the lungs, yep, coughing could coughing, be part of it. Yep. Um, if you've got chronic diarrhea or intermittent diarrhea, mm-hmm. um, that could be because of that damage to the to mm-hmm. the large bowel because of some of those life cycles of the worms. Um, certainly colic, um, both from obstructive colic. If you've yep. got enough of those large round worms, they can cause you know just blockages mm-hmm. of the um, the actual pipe works. Basically, you can have um, death of the blood vessels supplying blood to the gut because of those burrowing life cycles yep. through the um, through the blood vessels to the gut and you can actually have like deaths of um, sections Parts of the bowel of it, yep. and that's you know, that's irreversible and, and your yep. horse dies horribly of a colic death yep. um, and um, again failure to thrive those insisted strong goals if you've got enough of them it just the bowel can't work properly so you get um, again failure to thrive um, yep. bots itchy legs from the actual um, eggs on the um, on the legs as, as a symptom and we probably think that they don't cause a great deal of problems probably the adults um, in the okay. gut maybe they contribute to stomach ulcers if your horse is already prone to stomach ulcers yeah. um, tapeworms if you've got enough of them um, could cause an obstruction on a rare mm-hmm. occasion but it's more so just the nutrient loss essentially yep. and, um, and the pinworms just the yeah Itchy bum. itchy bum troubles. Yep. yep. And they can often look pretty poor in the coat as well as their condition. Kind of yeah, they can, and that's part of the ill thrift sort of things. I yep. mean, you, you don't see many um, uh, emaciated skinny horses with beautiful um, yes. shiny coats, basically. It yes. tends to go together, yeah. Um, and there's look, there's more rare parasites that sort of should be included in the discussion as well as far yep. as, um, I mean, some of the worming treatments kill worms not just in the gut but uh, in the gut wall and in the lungs and throughout the body, and there's... Um, uh, Onchocerca, which is a little parasite that's spread by biting flies that can cause um, skin lesions around the eyes and prep use and undercarriage. And uh, Habronim is another species that's the same. So you can get um, skin troubles from worms that are spread by biting, biting flies. Yeah, so they're not really gut parasites, but they're still parasites and you still use some of the worming medications mm-hmm. to, to treat that condition as well. So they're sort of in, in the mix. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And there's a few more rare ones that, that crop up occasionally, but they're, they're basically different types of gut parasites. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's, there is a lot yep. <laughs> out it's there. not an easy answer to most of these questions. Yeah, yep. it can be a bit complicated, but... I guess that leads us into the even more complicated sort of discussion is the how often and what with do we worm our horses? Yes. Um, the abbreviated simple answer yeah. is three or four times a year using different products mm-hmm. for most cases. Um, that's a simple answer. Is, yes, yes, that's a simple <laughs> answer, but that's not very specific. Yep. So um, the standard recommendation is um, yes, every uh, – three months or so um, if you've got uh, worm problems and worm contamination in your environment is the right interval mm-hmm. um, depending on what medication you use because different medications have got different registered uh, intervals of, of um, action intervals of duration basically so depending on which medication you are using um, and how long it lasts in the system that could change um, yeah. how uh, frequent you need to medicate them um, and it depends on your basically on your herd um, how you're managing your herd if your horse is stabled you know full time yep. um, and some you know 
um, boarding operations in some areas of of um, countries. I mean, not so much in Australia, but I mean in America, it's, yes. it's in a lot of places pretty standard that, that stabling's twenty four seven sort of thing, um, and that um, reduces fecal contamination if you've got mm-hmm. good stable hygiene. So. Well, you're picking up the poo, which therefore well, moves that the life cycle. That's right. Yep. So it, it makes it, um, it, it changes your recommendations to some yep. extent. Um, and what area of the country you're in changes the life cycle of the worms, as in, uh, in general, worms like a uh, moist, humid external environment, yes. as in those eggs are more viable for longer yep. uh, if it's not hot and dry. Yep. So uh, in some parts of the company, in, sorry, in some parts of the country, you've got um, summer conditions that are moist and mm. wet in summer and that's favourable conditions for parasites um, whereas other parts of the country you've got you know, very dry summers yep. and that is less favourable for those worms um, so it, it does depend on your um, area as well um, if you've got one horse um, obviously it's a lot easier than trying to manage a herd situation mm-hmm. um, your management practices um, change things again through how often your horse is exposed to poop that's been sitting in its paddock. If so you've got how populated the paddock is. Populated yep. the paddock is, yep, stocking rate's part of it. Um, have you got a paddock rotation um, in yep. order where you can uh, you know, clear everyone out of a paddock for, for you know, a considerable amount of time, I mean, yep. a couple of months or several months, again, depending on the time of year Just and the weather conditions. Viable, no, that's right. I mean, yep. if you've got horses, you probably haven't got any bloody grass. That's yeah, why that's it usually right. works. <laughs> probably um, no room to move around. That's right. So, so yeah, look, it is, it is difficult but again those blanket recommendations um, becomes more difficult yeah so what uh let's try and touch on the products basically because it is so if you look at any website or retailer or go to your local feed store or wherever there's a number of different products that Uh are available out there um they tend to come in four major groups basically so Different medications, um, like you might have five or six products that are essentially the same thing because of the active the ingredients, same active, the same thing. Yes. So, so this is like almost in humans, like having a generic version of correct generic version, or, or just multiple products that are doing the same thing. That's so right. It's like your Nurofen and your home brand ibuprofen. Or correct. Something. Yeah. Okay. Um, so and then that. it's a little bit further complicated by there's um, various combinations of different yes. medications in in some of the wormers and, yep. and not in others. So some wormers are just one medication and some are a combination of two medications or three medications. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any more than three medications in there, but um, – and the, the – the action of those medications are different. Like there's only one product essentially that kills um, tapeworms and that's Prasic Monol um, yep. and, and that may or may not be in your wormer. So whether it's in there or not, okay, that's it dictates whether it does tapeworms. Yes. Um, another broad family group that's that's pretty popular basically is the mectins and that includes ivermectin and, and moxidex and then avermectin. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that ends in, in mectin. mectin is a mectin um, and they are essentially very effective against um, everything except the tapeworms, um, unless you've got specific resistance problems, which we'll probably touch on later. Um, and then the other two groups, the, the old old medications like your benzimidols, Panicure and, and other medications with the with the benzos in it, they tend to be the uh, the um, milky white drenches. Um, they are effective against some of those intestinal worms, but not others. Um, and there is reasonably widespread resistance in some of the parasites to some of those drenches. Um, and there's then the broad group of um, uh, THPs, which is pretty much parental and marantal as the active ingredient, and there's yep. a couple of products that have got combinations of those in there as well. So um, when you're looking at what product should I use, uh, you could broadly say um, a mectin 
based based once or twice a year would be important because that is most likely to give you the broadest coverage uh, including um, bots that's pretty much anything that kills bots um should you use that all year round no you should rotate probably Mm -hmm. to a benzo um at least once a year um, because there at this stage appears to be some parasites uh, resistant to the mectins and then different parasites tend to be more um, resistant to the benzos. So okay. if you rotate in broad terms between mectins yep. primarily and then back to a benzo, um, you're going to probably get um, better coverage if you're not um, actually diagnosing and detecting yes. what worm burden you've got, which we will also go into. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another thing that's um, some, a topic that we are asked a lot about and then gets talked about a lot about is this rotational worming. Yep. And I don't think that people really understand the terms and the no. <laughs> concept behind it. I mean, rotational worming, it, it's not just... Um, picking one product and then swapping to a different yes. product because you might just be using the same product with a different we label. We find that a lot. Effectively. Yeah, so I rotate between these three things, but essentially they're using... They're the all, same they're, they're all mectins <laughs> and, and they're all the same. Yep. Um, or sometimes they're using a mectin plus something else and other times they're just yep. using a mectin. Um, so you, you really got to have um, a different family group of medications in there Um, and the standard recommendation is um, don't use the same thing three times in a row Um, so you can use it twice in a row it's not changing to something different every time it's um, at least change um, every third third time time and then potentially um, and use that product once or use it twice and then swap back to another one Um, and should you rotate between only two um, probably not you probably Mm -hmm. should have three three different medications in in that rotation which will make it probably a multi-year rotation realistically yeah Um, and again blanket recommendations are difficult because it depends on what part of the country mm-hmm. you're in as to your um, top worm burden so it's not um, you know in spring you should do this in summer you should do that yes. and in winter you should do that it depends on where you are yep. um, and I mean be guided by your local veterinary knowledge I mean your, yep. your vets are out there to um, uh, diagnose it. what's going on and they're yep. seeing you know what is a problem in your local area um, so you know your local veterinarian would certainly be a good point of call for okay um, you know what is your recommendations for this local area um, for what medications I should be using um, and um, and use that as a guideline as well. Yeah, yeah. It gets very complicated with the products out there. Oh, it is. Just... Um, and then it's how do you deliver those products because yes. there's there's different variants as far as um, okay, you've got you know lower volume gels um, or pastes. You've got lower volume concentrated liquids. Yes. Um, you've got higher volume um, drenches <laughs> that you can't really put you know 50 or 100 or in some cases 250 mils of stuff um, yeah. you know, in their mouth it's just not going that's to work a stomach um, drenched situation. Into a stomach drenching yep. situation that's right um there are powders there are little pellets, pellets. um so there's different um ways of of getting these medications into them in, in varying doses and again depending on what um what outcome you're trying to get um and which of those general um groups of medications that you're trying to um, trying to affect yeah and Compliance is an issue for some people. Um, I mean, if you've got, you know, a single horse um, that's never been caught in its life and it just sits out in the paddock um, and it's a nice horse and you can feed it and it looks pretty but you can't catch it, well, obviously you've got more limited... uh, access to what you can actually um, worm yeah, them with, essentially, them. <laughs> um, because some wormers don't taste great. I mean, some of them have got oh, no. apple flavours and all sorts of things in them, um, and like and it helps. Um, but um, yeah, some horses don't like it very much, no. um, and there's te- techniques that can um, that can help. Um, and um, 
yeah, I mean, it's it is. You know, how can you administer it? Um, at the end of the day, um, comes into part of the choice of your selection of, of which worm you're going to use. Yes, <laughs> once again, I just it is complicated. There's a lot to give you, yeah. but um, back on, I guess, just to sort of wrap up a little bit on the product situation. Yep. There's we have a lot of products. I know ourselves. We at Vet and Pet Direct, we stock masses of different products. Yes, but once again, you. If you're worming, know what the active ingredient is on that product. So yep. jump on, have a look, either look on the box if you're in a shop or have a look online, it'll tell you the ingredients. Make sure you're rotating between um, products, active ingredients in the products, not yep. just the products. Also, the other thing with compliance, I guess, a bit is to make sure you're dosing for the right weight of your horse. Correct. Because a lot of them, tubes, dose rates sometimes only go up to 500 kilos. Yep. We've got ones that are up to, I think, 700 kilos yep. now that you can do in one tube. But if you've got a great big Clydesdale or a Pergeron or something, you might need one Correct. and a half tubes. <laughs> yeah, or even you know, a big fat quarter horse or, or yes. um, you know, warm blood and those sort of horses. I mean, there's plenty of those that are over yep. 500 kilos. Um, and how do you guesstimate your yes. horse's weight? I mean, that's not easy. There's a couple of different websites you can use. You can buy um, tapes, tapes. That, that go around the girth and um, how tall the horse is, and there's a calculation there you can do. Um, if your um, vet's visiting, you could certainly ask your vet because yep. um, they've got a very good guided eye of, yes. of how how heavy horses are um, so that would certainly help as well and look in general like worming medications are very safe um, it's pretty hard, so it's hard to, to overdose them so um, if you're not sure whether you've got a 450 or a 500 kilo horse you know err, err on the side of caution as far as you know um, yeah round up essentially yes. yeah yep. um, and you know always in the back of your mind you're worming for a 500 kilo dose and if a small dollop comes out of their mouth which does, um, which does happen um, when you're worming them uh, yeah hearing on the side of more is probably better, better. Yeah. yes yeah. so that's the other thing I guess to keep in mind when you're buying your product if you've got you know if you want something one tube to do a 600 kilo horse make sure you're buying a tube that does a 600 kilo Correct. horse yeah because there's no point under dosing no. them because it's it's reducing its effectiveness etc um and i suppose while we're on products one you know a couple to make particular mention of essentially um those little strong goals that we discussed they insist um or can lie dormant in the gut wall there's really only one product that um well a single day product that kills those mm-hmm. and, and that's um equest um, Equest plus um, tapeworm. Plus tapeworm, yep. yep. Um, so it has um, the moxidectin in it and that mm-hmm. medication kills those um, insisted strong goals and it's pretty much the only one that does unless you're going to give Panicure five days in a row, which isn't much fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it would probably be advisable to use Equest um, once mm-hmm. a year in your program essentially. Yeah, so that's probably one of your um, mectins that you'd be throwing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I suppose other special mention, the Strategy T um, mm-hmm. as a product, it's got a combination um, that is different to other wormers in there. So um, potentially it's one um, to good to rotate away from your mectins with um, and keep yep. it in your arsenal as well so um, that's probably two products that of particular mention but yeah. that are sort of different to a different, lot of the different others. to a lot of the others yes. yeah um, and um, that's something that probably should be in your rotation essentially yes. yeah now these pro- products i mean i'm pretty sure all of them come with a recommendation of how often and an interval on them because yes the standard you know the general consensus is you know the 
12 weeks, like you were saying, or we've got the six to eight weeks is what six to eight I'd weeks already and, yep. always gone by. And, and, and EQuest is certainly longer. And um, then you've got, yeah, EQuest is 16 weeks. Yep. So. And that's the label recommendations. Yes. Um, if you want to look up online and we might put an attachment um, somewhere in the, um, on the, the links center, here, yep. there was a, um, a test, sorry, a, um, a study done um, by the Australian Horse Council um, uh-huh. in 2015, which looked at um, the effectiveness of um, the, some of the various wormers that are used and also uh, some insight onto the duration of action, which okay. probably doesn't get checked a lot. And that's part of the problem with um, with horse worming, um, who's out there actually studying um, the medications as far as resistance and that sort of thing goes. I mean, the drug companies, when they register products, they um, have got to do plenty of testing when the product's registered. Um, yes. But that's just the effectiveness of the product at the time it's registered. And look, realistically, some of these um, worming medications have been out for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 oh, yes. years. Um, so um, there's not really, other than this um, horse cancel study in Australia, um, and it can be a regional thing because um, wormers have certainly been a lot more um, prevalent and frequent in their use in America um, historically than they have been in Australia. Okay. Um, therefore, America's got a lot larger um, resistance problem, um, ah. essentially. Um, so... Um, the local Australian environment and the local Australian resistance profiles are certainly different to um, some of the studies that have been done in America. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this um, 2015, which relatively recently, Horse Council yes. report, and it sort of raised the issue of, okay, these products are w- uh, registered for duration of action of six to eight weeks yes. or 12 weeks or 16 weeks, but there's probably evidence that um, even though it kills the worms, mm-hmm. so it, it vastly reduces the amount of worm eggs that get shed post-worm, yep. Um, those numbers are rebounding faster potentially than what the recommendations okay. um, are as far as the duration of action. So, yeah, it's complicated, which sort of comes around to, um, okay, what else can I do um, to monitor um, and assess uh-huh. how my uh, horses actually got worms? Yes. Um, and certainly faecal egg counts um, yep. are very important ways to monitor that and um, your local horse vet certainly and some of your um, local department of agriculture's um, and um, other private companies can help with fecal yes. egg counts um, so that basically is <laughs> testing their poo testing their poo yep, yep. Um, so you collect a, a fresh poop sample and um, look after it as in don't let it get hot on the seat of the car or anything you've got to look after those little worm eggs so they don't hatch out um, and yep. become undetectable but um, at a period of okay you know if my horse was having been wormed for you know the six to eight weeks or ten weeks yep. um, doing a fecal egg count on them and have they got worm eggs there yep. so um, using that as a guide of okay do you need to actually worm them um, there is increasing science that you know in a herd of horses there's probably um, 20% of the horses have got 80% of the worms so there's certainly yep. a variation in um, the individual horses innate immunity um, because they do become immune to some of the parasites uh-huh. to a greater or lesser extent um, certainly in general young animals you know up to yearlings and two-year-olds have got less resistance in general Um, And then at the other end of the spectrum, you know, geriatric horses and and horses um, with immune suppression or pregnancy, you know, that affects affects their their immunity to these worms as well. So um, that's the other thing that's sort of becoming increasingly important, I suppose, Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, drug resistance raises its head Mm -hmm. more. Um, The frequency of worming and are we using, you know, the right product? You can really only tell that by, uh, okay, have my horses got worms or not? Mm -hmm. And then if they have, okay, is the worming that I'm using effective? So if you um, do a fecal 
egg count um, and an individual horse or a herd of horses has got high fecal egg counts um, and you then worm them and then test their feces again you yeah. know, a month later um, if they're still got for high fecal egg counts, mm. well, that means that they were dosed with the wrong medication um, that you've got a resistance to or um, your dosage was wrong or your administration mm-hmm. was out the door. Um, so that's a way of um, tailoring better um, your worming um, frequency and also what medications to use. So that's um, somewhere where your local um, vet and, and local companies that do that yep. um, can certainly help. Um, and if you've got... You know, large herds of horses, I mean, the, the fecal egg floats, depending on where you get them done, I mean, they're, they're not usually um, free. They're going to, no. um, there's going to be a charge associated with that. But if you've got, you know, 20 or 30 horses and you've got to um, buy worming medication for those mm. horses, um, if you buy the wrong one, well, there's, you know, seven or $800 gone. Um, yes. So if you had have um, selected a more effective wormer guided by, mm-hmm. um, okay, have my horses got worms in the first place or do I concentrate on the five or six that have Wormy got ones, a bucket yeah. load of worms? Um, do I segregate them in a different paddock and mm-hmm. um, worm them more frequently and have the other ones that have got better worm resistance? Do they need worming less frequently? <laughs> So this comes down to management practices, which is a whole other... Yeah, again, complicated. It is. It is complicated. It seems quite simple, but it... Yeah, so, I mean, again, there's those across-the-board recommendations as far as, you know, um, yes, have a rotational program. It should be, you know, three or four times a year. Which will work for most cases. Which will work for for most cases most of the time. Um, But, you know, keep an eye on your horse's poop. Yes. um, You know, post-worming, if they've got worms... Um, in their poop, obviously they had worms yes. because they don't come from yeah, magic. Yes. Um, just because you don't see worms doesn't mean coming through doesn't mean they didn't have uh-huh. worms because they may have already um, been digested by the gut. They uh-huh. could have been those little insisted strongholds that weren't in the gut in the first place. Yep. Um, so it's not as simple as, okay, I wormed them and they didn't have worms, therefore yep. they didn't have them. Um, but obviously if you um, have wormed them and the bucket load of worms come yep. out, okay, that's a pretty fair indication that yep. my pastures um, are going to be full of worm eggs um, and I need to address that either on a pasture situation or I need to have my worming schedules well and truly locked down. We would look at, we would, particularly with a new young horse, we would find we'd worm them and then you'd traipse the paddock and you kick this poo around and see what you're dealing with so that you know, you know, and you get a bit of an idea looking at them, oh yeah, they look a little bit wormy, I guess, especially new ones coming onto farm and so... And and look, you you could certainly um, raise the issue of, okay, you know, a a new introduction should be segregated until it's wormed, um, preferably somewhere where you can get rid of all its poop um, and yeah, see if any worms come out or just make sure that, you know, they're excluded from the rest of the herd until you um, try as best you can to um, make sure they're not going to, you know, bring new parasites. So it's in essentially, yeah. Like so, ideally, you don't want to be moving around a horse that is riddled with worms, moving his paddock day to day, and having those worms infesting the whole property. Correct. <laughs> is what that boils down yep. to. Keep them somewhere that you yep. can either pick up the poo or that at least it's. Yep. Only within, one within, within reason. I mean, again, if you only got one paddock and that's what you've got, yeah, it makes it hard. Yeah. You just have to work with what you've got a little bit. Yep. <laughs> All right. So. Oh, I think we've either confused you or helped you <laughs> on the worms and the worming products. Yep. But we've had a f- we've get a number of questions about worming. So one I do want to ask because um, we get off asked often is can you worm a pregnant mare? Yes, um, certainly can. You? Certainly can worm a pregnant mare. Certainly should worm a pregnant yes. mare um, because they're pregnant for a long time. Yes, we don't want them to leave months them for a long time. So they, you know, they should have been wormed, you know, probably three times, times um, yes. while they um, while they're pregnant. Um, they should be wormed ideally within the last um, 
two to four weeks of their pregnancy. Yes. Um, so before their due date, also. before their yeah. due date, yep. and, and yeah, a couple two, of weeks before their weeks, due date yeah. because their due date could be quite variable That's as well. That's right. Yeah. We don't always a couple know weeks that before, one. a couple of weeks after. <laughs> um, so you know they're immune compromised to some extent because they're pregnant, um, and that leaves them more susceptible to worms. Um, you don't want them shedding um, worm eggs in their poop once the fold is born because if you've um, had folds, um, you know that one of the things that foals tend to do at about a week <laughs> old for the f- in that first couple of weeks is oh, eat yep. mum's poo, which is a normal thing. Um, they're getting their normal gut um, flora yes, happening. Yep, them, that's, so. um, that's, that's how they're establishing a, a normal bacterial and fungal um, count in their yes. gut. You just don't want them... Um, uh, establishing a high worm burden (laughs) count as well um so that's why we we have that late pregnancy worming recommendation certainly um these days there's very few uh, wormers that aren't recommended for um, pregnant mares some of the older um, powder nasal drenches that were pretty nasty medications um were not recommended for pregnant mares um but most most of your products now um, are safe certainly so yeah obviously check the box but the yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head yeah, that aren't safe these pretty days. pretty much no, like especially in your paste. Yeah, in um, the paste versions, um, there's, yep. there's no um, contraindications there. So then next, the foals. When should we start worming our yep. newborns? So foals certainly should be wormed at um, six, definitely eight weeks of age. Yes. Um, and again, um, pretty much all of your um, standard... Um, worming preparations in your paste or liquid form um, have got registration into eight weeks of age. Um, So foals, because of their relatively um, naive immune status, they haven't got great resistance to worms um, because they're eating everything and and chewing everything um, as part of their um, tasting their environment Mm -hmm. and and eating mum's poo. Um, They are potentially more um, able to get parasites happening um, and structurally they're just more prone you know they're a smaller animal so it, it takes less worms um, to cause to potential problems yep um, so certainly that eight week period and then again depending on what medication you're using um, dictates the rest of the worming program but it's probably going to be um, at that eight to twelve week interval at least yes. um, and right through until their late yearlings um, and you're going to have rotated through a few different medications in that okay. time yep. um, and you can sort of put on an adult program after that uh-huh. um, but obviously keep an eye on them uh, are they growing normally are they uh-huh. looking like they're going ahead and if not again fecal floats are probably yes. a good idea if you've got a suspicion that there's something going on there they're not thriving like they should be um, have they got a parasite burden despite worming because yes. of dosage or um, the wrong medication yeah. or resistance troubles yeah but yep. they're just certainly more prone um, to parasitic problems so we do tend to worm our foals younger horses yearlings winglings more, a little bit more a little consistently bit, yep. yeah yeah a little bit more often than we worry about the older guys correct okay so another question we get asked is um and i think you would have been asked and you've seen many many times before um through vet practices can worming cause colic uh short answer yes um so does a horse that's got worms um have an increased instance of colic yes, yes. Um, so was the horse already going to get colic anyway yes. um, so but there are uh, circumstances where okay if you've got a high worm burden um, that you need to kill um, with a wormer um, when you do kill those worms um, sometimes that can cause detachment from the worms from the lining of the gut wall if which that's if that's the parasite which yeah. is discomfort um, and causes irritation of the gut wall uh-huh. so you know potentially that could cause colicky troubles um, if you have got large um uh, populations of those large roundworms that the up to like worms, 20 yep. to 30 centimetres long. I mean, individual worms um, are like yeah. three to five millimetres thick. If you've got 100, 100 worms, you know, that size in there. And they and that's that's possible. That's, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not of, being... I've yeah. done 
postmortems on um, yes. folds and young horses that have got you know, a burden of worms as thick as your forearm um, yeah. blocking up their small intestine um, yes. and, and that caused a colic and, and they're always going to die. Yeah. Um, and I've seen horses on the colic surgery table um, where you open them up and they've got the same sort of worm burden mm. and, and that's the cause of their colic and you strip all that parasite load yeah, out of their gut and nice. stitch them up and hope for the best. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so colic is ultimately just... Um, it's a stomachache. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's just a um, stomachache so, so the worms can be the cause of the stomachache. Right. So the worms can be the cause of stomachache. Or the killing the, the worms. worms. Detaching could be the cause of stomachache. Yes. Or the worms or um, causing a blockage, which could happen whether those worms are dead and not wormed or yes. they've just all been killed at once and... and um, and causes the problems there. And if you have got lots of those insisted strong goals um, in the gut wall, like if there's enough of them and they die at once, I mean, there's probably some inflammation involved mm-hmm. with, with those parasites dying. So um, nothing's 100% um, safe and without side effects. Um, but the general rule is, I mean, if your horse has got enough parasites to cause it problems when you worm it, you needed to worm it because it had enough parasites yep. to cause troubles. Um occasionally there's just consequences that go along with yeah. that and, and you know usually some um, veterinary treatment with anti-inflammatories and, and some pain relief and they're through it and then they're fine That's right, um, yeah, but um but you know if they had that sort of worm burden you know whether it was two days later or two weeks later or two months later they were probably gonna get colic from the worm burden they That's had anyway right. so um you, you still need to kill those worms it's yeah. certainly not a reason to not worm your horse correct worrying yeah, about yeah, the colic you, you certainly need yes. to worm them yeah. i mean and keeping um, with that in mind when you do worm your horse um, keeping an eye on them, if you're concerned, if they're a sort of horse that maybe sometimes gets a little yep. bit funny, upset tummy, or you think they're really wormy, um, especially on like in our situation where you've got a big stud, so you've got a lot of horses spread in a lot of distance, um, you might want to keep an eye on those guys just in case they're showing a bit of the colicky signs from a bit of a tummy ache. Yeah. So you know, in that first, well, I'll really see it's a day or two, yes. um, just depending on what parasites they've gotten and what mode of action the drug is. Yeah. Yep. So just keep that in mind, I yep. guess. If you're actually, if you're really worried about it, just Absolutely. keep an eye on yep. them. Uh, what else have we been asked over time? Um, so, ah, yes, a good question of how to worm them with a let's. Well, I guess the liquid and the paste. I mean, pellets. We you can chuck it in the feed yep. or get them to eat them out of your hand. But the ones that just your average person will use is either a liquid or a paste. Yep. Now, um, if you've ever wormed a horse, you've probably been covered in it before because it's just, yeah, it doesn't all seem to go in, let's face it. Like, And some horses <laughs> oh, they don't, don't mind mouth. it and some horses, you know, are quite resistant yep. and it depends on, you know, the training level of your horse and the yeah. temperament of your horse and, yeah. um, you know. Has Whether it, you're swinging off the ear. And <laughs> that's right. And when was the last time that you caught it, you know, if the, yes. only, if the only time you catch it is to stick a Whatever worm paste it in its mouth, maybe it's going to be a bit suspicious hmm. about that. Look, I mean... In general, um, if you the horses don't like you just jamming a worm paste in their mouth no. straight up. I mean, I like the technique of um, using one hand um, just sort of over the over the bridge of the nose and yep. your thumb in the mouth, basically. And, and if you can insert your thumb just in that, um, the like in the hook, the corner of the corner, corner of the lip. mouth, basically. Yep. So you're staying away from the front teeth. Yes, you're not far enough back for the back teeth. Yes, um, and you can sit there and sort of um, play around there and hmm. and and you know play with their tongue a little bit and then move their tongue around a little yep. bit if they can tolerate that. Usually, um, yep. they'll allow you to sneak with your other hand um, the paste in beside that, and you're getting it on the tongue, and you're getting it into the mouth, um, the and back, not yep. just all at once, probably. Yeah, um, don't do the big shoot it all through. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, most horses, if you can, if they can let you play with their tongue, and they'll tolerate that. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're usually pretty good with it, basically. Yeah. Um, 
don't do it when they've just got a big mouthful of feed um, because they'll just spit that straight back out. Um, And if they've just got a big mouthful of grass, um, the same thing goes. I mean, just um, if you have caught them at feeding time, Mm. I mean, just stand there for a couple of minutes while they um, chew up what they've got in their mouth and swallow that so you've got a, a clear path essentially. Yep. Um, you can get worming bits. Um, yes, you can. I yes, we do. Personally, have only used them uh, or seen them used once. Um, had a client used to use them quite successfully. Um, yep. They had ridden horses, and and that was just their standard routine. They they um, put the the worming bit in, and and it's a little. It's just like it sounds like it's a little yeah. strap that goes over the back of the the head, and and you put the bit worming bit in the same as the, mm-hmm. a bit would sit in the horse's mouth um, and the worming paste goes in the side and, and it directs it into the back of the tongue essentially so um, in the right cases and if you're versed in that and obviously if your horse is used to being bridled and having yes. a bit in his mouth um, that's going to work and if it's if your horse isn't used to having a bit in his mouth it's probably um, not the way to go yes yeah it can be a struggle, let's face it. We've yeah. all and, had horses that and, don't like it. You know, if, if you've got 20 horses to do, you want to get oh, it done now. Um, but you know, patience is yes. a virtue when it comes it to is. horse handling. And um, if you're going to have to worm your horse four times a year for the next 20 yep. years, um, sometimes spending an hour and a half um, gaining their trust yep. um, and um, making things easier for next with. time yep. um, is a better idea than getting a twitch out or screwing on yeah. their ear or grabbing a big lot of neck skin just to get the job done because yes. they're not going to like it anymore next time. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they're smart. They see that tube and they're like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I know yeah. what that tastes so, like. I mean, yeah, making it an unpleasant experience isn't going to make it any better next time, that's for sure. No, that's yeah. right. Now, on that, they – I've been covered in it. Um, they spit it out. Like some of them, oh my gosh! They just I swear you swear the whole thing comes back out at you. Sometimes you've had it. I've had it flicked in my eyes. I've had it. Yeah, I've tasted it. It's not tasty. Yeah, it doesn't taste it's, that good. Um, is it dangerous for us? Look, I'm still at, alive. At, so at the, the amount you would ingest, it's highly yeah. unlikely. Um, if you get it in the eye, obviously wash, wash your it out. eye out thoroughly because it, it is not it designed to go in eyes um, and it could be a little bit irritant. Um, and your mouth, I mean, just wash your mouth out and spit it out and, mm. and, and get rid of it that way. I mean, the actual um, medications in there with the um, wormers that we use now, I mean, they're, they're fairly low grade um, yep. as far as um, their modes of action and be, would be very unlikely to cause any troubles. Um, back in the old days when you used to use... Um, arsenics and that sort of thing for worming that would be a different story yes. um but yeah i mean obviously you know don't don't, go don't, don't, one. don't drink the stuff yeah. um if you get a bit in your mouth um, or on wash your lips just yeah spit it out wash it out um and it would be very likely that you'll be fine um if you're not sure you could download um the mds data yeah. sheet um off um, the website for that particular product um, if you were concerned and poisons information is always yes, um, on hand um, but it would be very unlikely to cause any troubles if it's just a little backspit from yeah them. absolutely <laughs> yeah and for our dogs because a lot of us have got dogs walking around at our feet as yep. well at the same time so and they tend to you know eat things that get dropped it's all right for them. again very unlikely to cause any troubles um the mectins in the back of your mind if you've got rough coat collies that have got a particular <laughs> problem with the ivermectins um you could run into trouble i mean i'd probably if you're worming lots of horses just um lock the dog up that dogs up that day just yep. don't have them hanging around um and so snapping it um because if it's if they think it's food they're probably gonna yeah, gonna eat, <laughs> eat it, it as best they can yeah. um and i mean the pelletized foods obviously you've got to be um, yeah, careful with things. those um but you know again it would be highly unlikely but yeah i mean potentially if you've got a you know a 20 kilo dog um that for some reason ate a 500 kilo horse um dose of wormer mm. there's a fair whack there yeah yeah there and is. dogs being dogs they would do it if they could probably yeah yeah some of them will i'll eat anything yeah. so yeah 
right, well, I don't know. Have you got anything else you want to add as a question enough? I not? hope we haven't confused <laughs> everyone even more than what they already oh. were. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it is complicated um, for most people um, in a pleasure. I've got a couple of horse situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty hard to go wrong with um, use um, probably Equest once a year, yep. um, use mostly Mecton's, but um, rotate back to a strategy tea or a white paste um, yep. that hasn't got Mecton in it um, at least once a year. Um, liaise with your local veterinary mm-hmm. person um, who looks after your horses um, and be guided by their recommendations mm-hmm. um, and certainly strongly consider um, faecal egg counts as part of your um, management program. A, to check is the worm you're using working okay. um, and if it's not, um, okay, what are the worms that are involved and that can give a guide to, okay, what medication probably should you be rotating to. Yep. Yeah, depending on what um, what type of worms, because you can tell what type of worms from the actual eggs. Yes. Um, you can you can see how many eggs there are, but the eggs are characteristically different for the different species. So you can tell um, have you got tapeworms or strong goals yes. or ascarids so or what you need to worm for. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that might be a discussion, another discussion down the line. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really hope we haven't confused you too much. Um, and. There is a lot of information out there. We've On the Vet and Pet Direct uh, Help Centre, we have a number of articles covering rotational worming, um, discussing some of these different brands or um, the active ingredients out there, uh, answers to a lot of the questions we've already covered. Um, so if you haven't caught it or you want some more information, jump onto the Vet and Pet Direct Help Centre because there really is a lot of stuff there um, that might you might find helpful. And, of course, ask us a question if you... Um, yeah. If you've got it, something that you just don't know. Cause, Absolutely. Yeah. That's and that's probably the most important thing is just yeah, realise that just because you buy a different box of stuff, it's yeah. not necessarily actually different. That's yeah. definitely the – yes, that is yeah. one of the things. Because there's so many out there. But, you know, because there's so many out there, I mean, literally there's like 12 different products are the same thing. Yes. Yeah. So if you take anything out of the today – Look at your active ingredients. Rotate those active ingredients, not just a product, an active ingredient. Rotate that around through the year. At least a different one. At least one different one every year. So it should be two different, um, two versions yep. of active ingredients going yep. around. And um, don't be scared to wear your horse because of other, you know, outside influences of the colics and the. Um, concerns that might be going on they need to be wormed all horses need to be wormed absolutely so i think that's kind of it isn't it yep absolutely. Yep, i think we've covered everything um yeah good luck with that and feel free to ask us another question jump on to the help center and you can ask a question directly there if you'd like to know something absolutely thanks for giving us your years guys yeah thank you <laughs> goodbye goodbye